a roundup of the main business news from China and elsewhere. This is Global Business. From CGTN headquarters in Beijing, this is Global Business. I'm Lily Liu. Coming up in the program. Counting down, Shanghai is getting ready to hold the sixth China International Import Expo, which is scheduled to take place from the 5th to 10th of November. We get you updated on the preparations and what to expect. A bridge to the future, the longest bridge and tunnel sea crossing in the world. That's the Hong Kong to Macau Bridge celebrates its fifth anniversary. We find out the significance of the mega project to the development of the Greater Bay Area. And in today's biz focus, we take a look at the rising popularity of city walks, which are fast becoming a favorite outdoor pastime for many young people in China, and find out what impact they have on the current consumption. China is making preparations for the upcoming sixth China International Import Expo, which will take place in Shanghai from November the 5th to 10th. China's Ministry of Commerce said on Monday that 6CIIE will resume offline country exhibition and invite guest countries of honor. About 3,400 enterprises from 154 countries, regions, and international organizations have confirmed their participation. This showcases each nation's technological innovations, strong industries, and investment climate. Well, this year the China Pavilion will be the largest it has ever been at the expo. It will focus on China's latest achievements in high-quality and low-carbon development. China has successfully held five international import expos, which have provided a high-level open platform for the world. An increasing number of countries and companies are showing an interest in joining this year's CIIE, and China will continue to expand and improve the expo. This year, guests from 154 countries, regions, and international organizations, with over 3,400 exhibitors, have registered. The national exhibition has so far attracted over 69 countries and three international organizations. Among them, 11 nations will participate for the first time: Honduras, Kazakhstan, Serbia, South Africa, and Vietnam are among the guest countries. Five major Wall Street brokerages have revised up their GDP growth forecast for China after better-than-expected quarterly data came out last week. China posted 4.9% GDP growth in the third quarter, supported by robust industrial and consumption activities. Goldman Sachs, however, cut its forecast slightly and now expects China to grow by 5.3% in 2023. Now that still makes the bank the most optimistic among its peers in predicting even faster GDP growth in 4Q, for fourth quarter. Well, all six big brokerages have pegged their estimates now above the 5% growth target that China sets for this year. It's been five years now since the Hong Kong Zhuhai Macau Bridge was put into operation, and now for more on how it has helped to boost economic development in the area, let's cross over to our reporter Huang Fei in Zhuhai. Hi there, Huang Fei, take it away. 
Yes, hi, Lily. Um, yes, the Hong Kong Johai Macau Bridge provided a new direct link connecting uh, Macau and Zhuhai with Hong Kong. And I'm standing right outside the border inspection area where, as you can see, lots of travelers are uh, about to cross uh, the borders going through customs checks in the building behind me. Uh, right now, about 50,000 people use the bridge every single day. And these include tourists, as you can see, they're carrying their luggage. Um, and another group of people that are sort of benefiting from this bridge is cross-border students. You know, these are students who go to school in Hong Kong but live in Zhuhai. So the bridge allows them to commute uh, between their classrooms and their homes pretty easily. And uh, also uh, senior residents in Hong Kong are also potentially benefiting from this bridge. Uh, you know, there are about 30,000 senior residents in Hong Kong uh, needing access to government-funded uh, or public uh, elderly uh, homes or nursing homes. And that could be a two-year wait. And so the bridge has opened up possibilities for, for them to access elderly care here on the mainland. And, you know, right now, uh, crucial policies that starting from this year, drivers, eligible drivers from Hong Kong and Macau can drive uh, across this bridge um, sort of... Uh, directly into the mainland and staying in the mainland, on the mainland for up to 30 days at a time. And, you know, that's capped at about uh, 160 days uh, a year. And so that's providing a lot of convenience. And so uh, 43,000 Hong Kong and Macau, Macau licensed vehicles have already registered to use uh, the road access through this bridge. And during the National Day holiday, we saw record amounts of travel. Uh, 14,000 vehicles crossed this bridge on a single day. And again, a lot of them are coming from Hong Kong and Macau heading north into the mainland. And, you know, the, the bridge is, you know, definitely becoming a new uh, gateway for the greater Bay Area, which is um, home to 68 million people, uh, an increasingly attractive destination for trade and for investment. And local exporters here in Zhuhai told me that uh, the, the bridge has helped them cut logistics costs for, uh, by, by half. And that's a significant time and cost saving, which makes, them, makes their business uh, more uh, competitive. And here's more on what this mega st structure means for the local economy. Let's take a look. In the coastal city of Zhuhai, workers are loading the fresh catch of the day onto cross-border trucks headed for Hong Kong. In the past, there were no direct roads linking Zhuhai and Macau with Hong Kong. Fresh produce from the city's west had to be exported through Shenzhen, making for a six-hour journey. The Hong kong Zhuhai macau bridge changed that. Wang Xipeng was among the first seafood exporters to benefit. Seafood export is a race against time. Every day, we have 8 to 10 trucks bound for Hong Kong. Using the bridge, our seafood can reach Hong Kong in one hour. That saves us a lot of time and costs. Hong Kong receives more than 90% of poultry and vegetables and three-quarters of live freshwater fish from the mainland. Under a 24-hour clearance procedure, local customs officials inspect the goods as they're loaded onto the trucks, allowing vehicles to clear the borders within minutes. We have a green land prioritizing fresh produce. Before July, only a small selection of live fish could be exported to Hong Kong through the bridge. Now it's open to all fresh produce, including live seafood and aquatic products, frozen meat and eggs. The Hong Kong Zhuhai Macau Bridge has facilitated $98 billion worth of trade since it opened to traffic five years ago. 
From here, mainland e-commerce parcels can reach Hong Kong and Macau the next day and arrive in global destinations within a week. The bridge is also facilitating more high-value exports, including aircraft engines, chips, jewelry and new energy vehicles. We are working with companies and authorities across the border to increase favorable measures. We hope to provide Hong Kong and Macau residents with more product varieties and a better quality of life. The Hong Kong Zhuhai Macau Bridge has facilitated the movement not only of goods but people as well. From this year, eligible motorists from Hong Kong and Macau can drive across the border and stay on the mainland for up to 30 days in one visit. The private vehicle scheme is unlocking new opportunities in business and tourism, and improved connectivity is key to China's plan to make the Greater Bay Area a world-class city cluster and economic powerhouse. At a construction cost of nearly 20 billion U.S. dollars, there have been debates over the bridge's economic value. But some experts argue that it will drive developments in the 11-city cluster, home to some of the world's biggest technology and manufacturing giants. The increases in trade, productivity, employment and housing will likely last for decades after its construction. Well, the Hong Kong Zhuhai Macau Bridge has lived up to expectations by significantly improving the interconnectivity within the Greater Bay Area. That's one of China's most vibrant economic regions. The total number of passengers entering and existing and exiting Zhuhai Port via the bridge has reached 36 million over the past five years. That's more than 50% of these passengers were from Macau and Hong Kong. But the bridge has also provided a more convenient route for cargo shipments. Since it came into use in 2018, the bridge has handled a total cargo import and export volume worth more than 700 billion yuan, or about 100 billion U.S. dollars. These shipments were destined for uh, or sourced from more than 230 countries or regions. And let's get more discussions on the Hong Kong Zhuhai Macau Bridge. And we're now joined by Xiao Gen, Director of Institute of Policy and Practice, Shenzhen Finance Institute. Uh, Mr. Xiao, great to have you on the show with us. So it's been five years since this mega project was put into operation. What role do you think it has played in promoting economic connection between Chinese mainland and Hong Kong? Well, I think the, the bridge uh, provided the key hard connect uh, between Hong Kong uh, and Zhuhai, uh, uh, Macau, and this is important for uh, next stage of integration uh, of Hong Kong and Macau uh, into the Greater Bay Area, uh, because the two, uh, you know, Hong Kong and Macau are offshore uh, economies, uh, and Zhuhai uh, uh, is actually onshore, so each uh, is the uh, the, the so-called dual circulation, uh, uh, and they need a, a very close connection. And uh, uh, right now, uh, the connection, uh, the hard link is already there. Uh, but uh, uh, going into the future, there will be more and more uh, people's flow and goods flow. So the the, uh, the bridge actually provides the foundation for uh, further development, further integration of this region. And we know that the Greater Bay Area boasts to become China's answer to the Silicon Valley. So if we compare that with other innovation hubs around the world, what unique advantages does it have? The advantage is that uh, as the offshore city of China, uh, Hong Kong uh, and Macau actually can attract more uh, international talents. Uh, and also because it's open economy, uh, the capital uh, and the information are much, much uh, richer uh, at the global level. 
uh, then uh, what available are uh, the, for the onshore cities are in Zhuhai and Shenzhen. So, uh, you know, the, uh, this means that uh, when China is facing uh, innovation in technology at the, the forefront, uh, 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 it actually uh, needs more and more uh, uh, the international talents and the international capital and also international te technology. So that's why uh, Greater Bay Area, because of Hong Kong and Macau, uh, is going to be much, much more valuable uh, for the next 40 years uh, than uh, in the past 40 years, uh, because uh, the major challenge for China is actually in the external circle, in the technology innovation at the uh, uh, frontier of the world. Well, great insights. Thank you very much, Mr. Xiaogun, Chairman of the Hong Kong Institute for International Finance. Prime Minister of Australia Anthony Albanese will visit China and attend the 6th China International Import Expo at the invitation of Chinese Premier Li Qiang. Beijing said it welcomes the visit as a sound and stable China-Australia relationship serves the fundamental interests of the two countries and the two peoples. Last week, President Xi announced that China will build a multi-dimensional Belt and Road Connectivity Network in joint pursuit of high-quality Belt and Road cooperation. To achieve this objective, it will be necessary to speed up high-quality development of the China-Europe Railway Express to participate in the Trans-Caspian International Transportation Corridor and to host the China-Europe Railway Express Cooperation Forum. China will integrate ports, shipping and trading services under the Silk Road Maritime and accelerate the building of the new International Land Sea Trade Corridor and the Air Silk Road. Experts say in the future, it will expand from infrastructure connectivity to convergence of rules and standards, thereby promoting cultural exchanges and enhancing understanding and trust between countries. Well, this year marks the 10th anniversary of the Belt and Road Initiative. During the past decade, the foreign trade volume between EU and BRI member countries reached 1.7 trillion yuan. Our reporter Zhang Shishun finds out how traders have been shipping products across Asia and Europe, making that figure a reality. Running through almost 20 international freight routes and reaching more than 50 countries across Europe and Asia, the EU Xinjiang Europe freight train route is known as Xing'o in Chinese. More than 6,300 freight trains have used the route since it was launched a decade ago. Much of the cargo carried inside the large containers were the products from the EU International Trade City, the world's largest small commodities market. Here are gathered 75,000 booths offering 2.1 million different products. Most of the vendors are wholesalers. It's a big market for small commodities. People are everywhere. Overseas buyers are looking for materials. Once the deal is struck, the goods can later be transported through sea freight, railway, or air freight. But it seems like the cross-border railway service has become increasing in popularity. For the Central Asia, our biggest market, uh, Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, uh, Kazakhstan. To these countries, most uh, easy is by the chain. Before, it's around maybe 20% of this area customer they choose the free chain. Now, more than 80% of the customers choose the free chain. 
Our company helps ship out almost 100 containers of goods on the China-Europe freight train every month to Russia, Central Asia, and Europe. Most of the goods are small commodities from Yiwu and solar panels. The Yixingou route has now enabled the transportation of more than 10,000 types of goods. One of the most obvious advantages has been its efficiency. Just give the time. Before, if by sea freight, need about 45 days to 60 days. But now it's only half months to 25 days. And then they will have more money to buy more goods. Because before, they will keep a lot of stock. For European logistics giant DB Cargo Transasia, which specializes in cross-border freight train services, Yiwu is already one of its most important business locations in China. Yiwu has big potential because it is an interesting trade zone, especially also for e-commerce. And Yiwu um, is, is, uh, has a trade in not only is not focusing on, on one country like to Germany, it's focusing on whole, whole Europe. So, for instance, uh, Madrid, Spain, uh, they are going to UK, uh, to South, um, the whole Europe, and DB has the biggest network and can offer the biggest network in Europe for Evo. For DB, Evo is a very important uh, location, and we are very glad that we can our operator and for the block trains. Frank says the rail link has helped reduce the carbon footprint of goods transport compared to road, air, and sea freight. More than 520,000 standard containers of goods have been shipped through the EU Xinjiang Europe freight train route during the past decade. The volume has been growing. This year, as of October 10th, the transport volume had risen almost 20% from the same period a year ago. Zhang Shixuan, ICS for CGTN, EU Zhejiang Province. Time now for our special series, Biz Focus. City walks are becoming a growing urban trend as they offer people an opportunity to immerse themselves in local culture while driving economic activities. In addition to creating an opportunity for young people to spend quality time with peers, these outings also offer a much-needed respite for relaxation. And in this episode of Biz Focus, our reporter Olivia He explores how businesses are tapping consumers' enthusiasm for investing in emotional experiences. Welcome to this edition of Beast Focus. I'm Olivia He. In today's consumer market, there's a noticeable increase in emotional consumption. This refers to consumers placing more importance on the emotional experience they have while shopping, rather than the practical aspects or functionality of a product. According to a survey, nearly 60% of young people prioritize emotional value in their consumption decisions. As a result, creating and delivering a positive emotional experience has become a new focal point for businesses. In order to gain first-hand knowledge about this emerging consumer trend, I visited a bustling shopping center in Beijing. Take a look. This book is feeling China's economic pulse. Can you recall a time when you made a purchase driven by your emotions? Perhaps buying a product to alleviate anxiety or seeking satisfaction through a service? This form of emotional consumption is emerging as a prevalent trend in today's market. Currently, I'm in Beijing's most lively and fashionable shopping area, Sanlitun, to get a better grasp on this trend. 
Um, well, I came in here with the intention to buy groceries and then walked past the clothes shop and I was like, hmm, maybe I'll just try it on. Tried it on, felt good. I was like, you know what? Okay, I'll buy it. <laughs> I recently felt quite down after failing an important exam. However, I decided to go shopping and buy a bag, which totally lifted my spirits. Usually when I spot a store with a really long line, I just feel like joining in. Many brands are now making efforts to tap into consumers' willingness to pay for emotional experiences. For example, popular blind boxes have been designed to create a gaming experience that encourages purchasing. These brands leverage consumers' curiosity about the unknown and their desire to collect specific items. Blind boxes embody the concept of surprise, as customers are unaware of their contents until they open them. In today's society, individuals experience a multitude of stresses from various aspects of their lives. When they visit toy shops, they are in search of the excitement and joy that comes from discovering a surprise, evoking fond memories of their childhood. Nowadays, customers are choosing specific brands because they feel these brands truly understand and meet their needs and also match their personal values. A good example is the fragrance brand called Two Summer. It does a great job of creating a unique emotional experience for customers through the stories surrounding their products. We believe fragrant products are a spiritual expression, much like art and music. Our products draw inspiration from Chinese culture, which is evident in our design, names, and scents. This resonates with customers who have a deep appreciation for Chinese culture. Also, we ensure that our customers can relate our fragrances to everyday occurrences in their lives, such as the scent of orange soda, black tea, the fragrant flowers in the south of China, and more. The latest survey by Credit Karma found that 58% of Gen Z customers now prioritize their emotional satisfaction when choosing products. In the future, experts believe that a brand's values will be the most important factor when it comes to emotional consumption. Emotional emotions not only influence the way we shop, but also the way we spend our leisure time. Right now, city walks are fast becoming a favorite outdoor pastime for many young people in China. It's all about relieving stress, discovering new places, making new friends, and exploring cities in a whole new way. Take a look. City walk is the latest travel fashion trend on Chinese social media, where people explore urban history and culture by leisurely strolling along the streets instead of rushing between tourist attractions. I'm now in Beijing's Dongcheng District, a historic and cultural area that has become a popular destination for city walk nowadays. This is where I'm embarking on my very first city walk adventure. And now let's hit the streets and explore the charm of city walk together. During a city walk, you'll come across countless everyday yet captivating sights that the city has to offer. Take the ubiquitous coffee shops lined in the streets, for example. They can be just as appealing as the trendy spots you find on social media. I think city walk gives people a chance to slow down and really connect with what's going on around them. I have noticed that now people who enjoy a city walk would drop by spontaneously rather than planning their visit in advance. Furthermore, they also appear to be spending more time enjoying our space. 
When you go for a city walk, you may often come across other interesting people and end up having some small conversations. A lot of city walkers believe that these interactions can reduce feelings of social isolation and enhance emotional well-being. On my city walk adventure, I met a lady at a bookstore who happened to have similar reading preferences as me, and it was surprising to know that she was also a fan of city walk. If you are stuck in an office building every single day, it's so easy to forget what life is really all about. Nowadays, we're all obsessed with getting things down as fast as possible. So today, I made a conscious decision to take a leisurely walk to a bookstore. It gave me a chance to meet all kinds of interesting people, soak up the lovely weather here in Beijing, and truly experience life in person. From today's experience, what I enjoyed most about City Walk was encountering unexpected things, such as the shops and people I came across. Once again, it made me realize life is really full of surprises, and allowed me to have a better understanding and appreciation for the city I live in. For more on the emotional consumption, we're joined by a note friend Anna Tengen, independent political and economic affairs commentator. Good to see you, Anna. So, how does emotional consumption influence consumer behavior, and what impact does it have on the overall economy? Well, I mean, you just heard it、uh, right now. People are looking for something more authentic.、Uh, they're not interested in、uh, some sort of staged event. What they want is something that's genuine, and it really reflects who they are. You know, along with this, they're eating、uh, local foods.、Uh, they're stopping in and、uh, you know at local restaurants, local、uh, shops, and things like that. This is really helping. Uh, small, medium-sized business entities, and they they just they want to know kind of who they are and where they fit in, and、uh, to get away from this kind of rush. So it, it's very important, especially at a time when you know、uh, savings has increased in China. Unfortunately, that meant that、uh, consumption is down.、Um, you know, the key is how does how do you unlock this? How do people regain confidence? And I think city walks are the beginning of it. Mm, and what's your opinion on the relationship between emotional consumption and younger generations? I mean, why are they the primary consumers for it? Well, I mean, you know, when when you have a, a job、um, and things are looking good,、uh, you're willing to spend. You're you're concentrated on your job, on you know, on getting ahead.、Um, right now, we're at a period, a kind of lull、uh, post 2019.、Uh, everything is down versus、uh, 2019 itself. Uh, in terms of expenditures, etc., so people have just kind of laid back and they said, "Look, it's time to enjoy life instead of trying to grab things、uh, that are out there." So you're seeing, you know, ugh, everything. For instance, during Golden Week,、uh, you had almost 26% increase in the number of, of trips. But only 1.5% increase in the total expenditure. People were being very, very value conscious about where they went, and they were just looking for experiences, something authentic that they could take back and think about、uh, and enjoy as they went along. So, emotional is very, very、uh, important. It's a new trend.、Um, you know, these these things come and go. I'm sure there'll be something else in a, a year or year or so. But right now,、um, it's causing a lot of people to to reflect. On、uh, what's important to them, and this does have a social、uh, impact. Thank you so much. That's Anna Tengen, independent political and economic affairs commentator. With that, we come to the end of this edition of Beast Focus. Now it's back to you, Lily. Great stuff. Thank you so much, Olivia He. That's my colleague. And with that, welcome to the end of this edition of Global Business here on CGTN. I'm Lily in Beijing. Thanks for being with us. 
Until next time, bye for now.